This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Wentzamo Kings Meadow, the show that, just like Aston Villa, has been hit for six. In times gone by, starting the game without Guru Wright and Lauren James and Sam Kerr would have been a concern, but Chelsea continued their impressive start to the season, with Captain Millie Bright putting the Blues ahead after 21 minutes. Frank Kirby doubled that lead in the 26th minute, but it was the second half where Chelsea really put on a show. Goals from Johanna Ritten, Camrid, Ashley Lawrence, Aggie Beaver-Jones and Neve Charles rocked Aston Villa, helping Chelsea cruise to a 6-0 win. Everything in the world of Chelsea FC women seemed pretty perfect. Six goals, six different goal scorers. Top of the league. What could possibly go wrong? Well, literally everything. Uh, as Chelsea announced that manager Emma Hayes would be leaving the club at the end of the season to explore new opportunities outside of the WSL and club football. We were quite literally hit for six. And the title of the show tonight went to Mokis Meadow. Episode number 110 is Hit for Six, which I thought was pretty good for me. Uh, anyway, you'll be glad to know it's not just me uh, on the show tonight. We are joined for the first time this season by our usual co-host Jane Chapel. Jane, good to see you. How you doing? Yeah, it's good to be it's good to be back. How are you? I'm doing okay. Still recovering from uh, the news and uh, Chelsea's men's performance last night, as we just mentioned before we we came on. Um, and Dane is here as well. It's a full house for us for the first time, probably. In about six months. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, like you, like you, and like I guess you're going to announce in a minute. Said before, yeah, covering from last night's game, recovering from the women's outstanding performance under quite quite bad weather conditions, and then the news after that as well. Uh, it was uh, it's going to take me a while to absorb it. I think it's I, I, I'm can't, I don't think I've got an immediate reaction to it, but. I don't think something that will sink in over time, I think. Well, we've got, let's be honest, it's not like some of the men's uh, announcements when it comes to managers where they, they've gone and we've got to then react to that Then a new manager within like 24, 48 hours. Uh, this has got, this is going to be going on for quite a few months. So it's going to get our attention for quite a while. 
yeah, so I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, for the eight months ahead anyway, until uh, the day finally comes. Uh, now, you mentioned a guest, and we are joined by the wonderful Sophie Spittle. Sophie, good to see you again. Yes, thank you for having me, and good to see you today. Yeah, always a pleasure to have Sophie, one of our favourite guests. Um, don't tell the others, though. Um, now, uh, remember, you can listen live to the show every Tuesday at 8pm and join in with the show via the live chat page by heading to mixlets.mixlr.com. And such if we went to Mo King's Meadow. Uh, on the show tonight, in part one, we're going to look at Chelsea's impressive performance against Aston Villa. And then in part two, we are going to react to that Emma Hayes news. Uh, and we're going to do all that just after this. Let's get straight into Chelsea's uh, 6-0 win against Aston Villa this past Saturday. Um, what was that? The f- so the tip was Monday, 4th of November. Oof. Three days ago now, wow, time flies. Uh, at the, the Poundland Bescott Stadium, what a place to announce that you're leaving Chelsea's football club. Uh, at the Poundland Stadium, anyway. Uh, Chelsea lined up for this one in a 4-2-3-1 formation with Van Katch and Berber in goal. Back four of Yves Perisse, Millie Bright, Jess Carter and Neve Charles. Sherka uh, Niskin and Aaron Cuthbert combined in the midfield. How was that, Sophie? Good, Sherka? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. <laughs> Confident in it now. Uh, and then you've got your Hannah Ritten, Cameron, Frank Kirby and Jesse Fleming playing behind the official in attack. Uh, Emma Hayes made full use of her five available substitutions with Aggie Beaver-Jones and Ashley Lawrence coming on for Kirby and Fischl in the 58th minute. In the 64th minute, Kankovic, uh, Yelena Kankovic sorry, uh, came on for Aaron Cuthbert. Then in the 78th minute, Mara Mielda and Khadija Buchanan came on for Eve Perisay. And Millie Bright, that left to Chirimazovic and Nick Nowen, Sophie Ingall and Sam Kerr as unused substitutes. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 55% possession, 27 shots, 14 on target, 5 corners and 3 fouls. Two Aston Villas, 45% possession, 7 shots, 2 on target, 5 corners and 2 fouls. Uh, Sophie, I'm going to come straight to you uh, because the first thing that jumped out to me was the Cuthbert uh, and Niskan partnership in midfield. Uh, we spoke about sort of that recently when you've been on the show, I think. Um, something we've been waiting to see and by the looks of the game, a partnership that went very well. Yeah, definitely. They There's still some issues to be ironed out, I think, playing a two against teams that play a three, but I thought it looked really really promising for, for sort of moving forward. I think they complemented each other well. When one sat, one attacked. When one when the other attacked, the other sat. Um, I think it's probably the least attacking we've seen Nuskan play this season. She was definitely playing as part of a pivot rather than sort of more box-to-box. Um, but I think it worked really well. Yeah. Uh, Dane, the favourite question to you, obviously, Van Katchenberger in goal. Um, reading anything into that yet or not? It... <laughs> Yeah, without repeating ourselves, we, we, we talk about it so much on this show, isn't it? And don't we? It's it's something we'll never fully be able to predict 
or possibly understand. Obviously, the goalkeepers are, are on board. They they obviously know that at any time they could be uh, in the starting eleven or, or, or warming a tush on the bench. And clearly, Hannah Hampton hasn't got any problem with that because obviously she signed up in the summer. And it's just something that we will just never, unless unless uh, Emma Hayes was ever to come out and, and talk about it and explain the reasoning, maybe it's the case of... Uh, keeping them on their toes, keeping them fresh, you know, keeping them fit. You know, it, it's hard to just play all the time with one goalie because if she was to get injured, you know, the other one would be a bit short of fitness, especially the match fitness. And, you know, it's clearly worked, doesn't it? Because, you know, the successful team in, 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 in the league over the last four or five seasons with, 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 uh, Emma rotating her goalkeepers like this. So, you know. We can't. It's hard to criticise. It is. It is. It's funny when we get used to one, and then we we still make the mistake of saying, "Okay, well, well, she's clearly number one now." And then what happens? The other one comes back in. So that's a waste of time talking about it. Yeah, well, we're going to continue to waste time because I was sort of part of me was hoping that she was going to put Hannah in goal against Villa because she teased her up a bit last week mm. uh, or before the international break, actually, that she she might have start. Uh, let's be honest she'll probably will play at some she's definitely going to play at some point and she'll eventually probably play three or four five games in a row and the other two will just be sitting watching yeah I think the she she could maybe Everton but if not Leicester I think that's going to be her first game for her uh, coming up um, and Jane obviously the other thing that we're not used to yet I think is Sam Kerr not starting and good for us that we've got me official now to to take her place and the fact that she got to sit out the whole game after being obviously in Australia over the international break. Yeah, I expected her to start as I know before from um international break. She sort of started and then come off as a sub. But I think we've got a big enough team now to let players rest for a whole ninety minutes. And it'll be good it was good for her to sort of I think she paid quite full on for Australia. So it was good for her to have that ninety minutes rest and she'll be back fit for Sunday. Yeah, I mean, she literally is Australia, isn't she, Samka? And when she goes there, the whole nation is on her shoulders, so she has to play. Uh, but good for us that we didn't need her. Uh, this is her hometown, so uh, yeah. the crowd were desperate to see her there. Yeah, I think there'd be a bit short change if she didn't get on the pitch at, at all. And I think she scored Australia's 900th goal, the Matilda's 900th goal. Um, just Sam Kerr doing Sam Kerr things, as usual. Uh, Sophie, before the game... There was a part of me that was worried because one Villa haven't won a game, uh, and that can be a Chelsea thing—not just the women's team, but the men as well. Where the team that hasn't won, we give them a win, and then two—the last time we recorded, we spoke about going undefeated. Um, but we made a very bright start, uh, no pun intended. Uh, and at the heart of that was was Frank Kirby, and you had a written Cambridge, which was was good to see. Yeah, JRK had a really good game. I thought probably one of the best I've seen her play. Um, she exploited the space behind their their, their fullbacks very well, run into the space, um, used her pace well, and I'm 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 really enjoying the connection she has with uh, Perisel on that right hand side. They really work well together, um, understand each other's movements, and and I think that was that was obvious on Sunday on sorry Saturday as well. Yeah, I think Villa had. One chance early on, a uh, bit of a mix-up. I think Daly put it over the bar. Uh, but apart from that, it was pretty you know, one-way traffic. Uh, but Daly, it did take 21 minutes to find the breakthrough. It was a short corner, uh, went to the back post. It falls to Millie Brighton. You know, this is one of my favourite phrases in football. 
she twatted it into the net, uh, as Millie Bright can do. And it was a deserved lead for Chelsea and sort of maybe took that bit of sort of feeling off that Villa could get sanctioned from the game. Yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic header from Mia Fischel uh, that was saved off the line by Rachel Daly. Um, and then Millie Bright was just in the right place, as you say, to twat it into the back of the net. Um, she didn't celebrate, which was very random. She was more concerned about getting the team together and working out how to improve the, the performance mm. going forward. And it clearly worked because the next 10, 15 minutes, I thought Chelsea were absolutely outstanding. The one-touch football, which led up to the second goal, um, was, was on show for sort of like the next 10, 15 minutes. It was brilliant. Yeah, Dane, what was your sort of... Because Millie Bright's not scored in a while, I don't think. Uh, but mm. did see her on the score sheet. And you know, as Sophie said, didn't celebrate either. So maybe she's forgot how to do that. Well, I, I, yeah, because I, I sort of disagree with you a little bit. I don't think it was a deserved... Uh, we did deserve to go one new up. That's why, as Sophie said, as soon as Millie celebrated first... Well, as soon as she scored, the first thing she should do is get everyone together and, 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 and get a bit of a huddle going on and, and, and sort out the... Uh, so to an extent that, you know, there was a lot of space in and at the back of the midfield and uh, on either wings in uh, the back of the left and, and the right back. And Rachel Daly got in, I think, a few times. She put one over the bar. She put one over quite close when Millie, Millie Bright really uh, mistimed a, a jump and it just got in behind her. So they were they were looking quite threatening. Uh, but as Sophie said, once 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 we scored that first goal, we, we then become really comfortable you know, uh, Mia Fischel was unlucky with a header again. Mentioning Rachel Daly, I think she headed it off the line and it fell straight to Millie Bright, who who finished it really nice with her left foot. And that obviously settled us down. But in between that, I thought uh, Ryan Canred and Kirby was was our most liveliest players. You know, their, uh, their movement, you know, they look dangerous, always looking open for the ball, always looking to do something. So... The threat was there, but I thought for the first 20 minutes it was fairly even. If anything, I thought Villa was just edging it. I would say that we had the, the better chances. I think Kirby hit the bar. Um, and I think Cameron had a good chance as well. If I might be wrong, that would have been after. But I thought we had the better opportunities if we were looking at maybe XG or something like that. But anyway, we was 1-0 up. And then Jane, as, as mentioned, it became 2-0 quite quickly uh, after that. Uh, some lovely play between Cameron and Parisay on the right, uh, the cross into the box. It fell to Frank Kirby, and after the second attempt, she put the ball into the net. And I know you've not been with us this season, but we have been talking about Kirby's fitness um, being a little bit of a concern uh, at the start of the season. But do you think all those concerns would have probably evaporated after this game? Because she looked like Fran of old as she did before the international break, to be fair. Yeah, I didn't see much of the game because I was at work and I've seen sort of odd bits. But I do think, I know speaking to mum after the game, she said she did play really well. And I think there is no concern. I think it's just time. And I, maybe come Christmas, she'll be back to her sort of full fitness. We just don't want to push her too much too soon and then she gets injured again. Yeah, absolutely. And then Sophie, a bit like after sort of half time, I don't know what was, what was said or what was done, but a bit of a flip to the switch for both Villa and Chelsea. Villa switching off and, and Chelsea switching on. Uh, and Cameron getting that stunning solo goal. The ball broke through on the halfway line and she sort of just run through with a great finish. And, you know, we, we don't speak about Cameron enough, I don't think. But then again, I don't think she provides enough goals and assists. And if this is a base to work from, this is sort of the Cameron we want to see, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. 
opportunity now to to find a spot in the team with Guru um, out probably for a while. Unfortunately, um, I know she plays on the other side, but you can you can move players around a little bit. She's got that space, and if Ev Perisay, as I say, still play continues to play at right back, I think their partnership down that down that side is uh, is definitely worth continuing with. Um, I think her pace really scares some defenders, and I think that was uh, um, apparent in the, the the goal she scored. She just ran through the bit of defence like she wasn't like they weren't there. Um, and Frank Kirby just about managed to keep up with her in case uh, the pass was on for her to score. But it was well taken goal, very well taken goal. Um, and yeah, it's great to see her score those goals, and it'll just give her confidence, more and more confidence. The more confidence she gets, I think that the more goals and the more assists she'll get. Yeah, this new. Sort of four or three at the back, whatever it is, is helping you know Cameron. I think come into the team a bit more, and if she can get on the ball and run with it, you know that's our biggest threat, and that's what we want to see. And I don't think we have she has been able to do that much in her career so far. Hopefully, she continues to get those goals and assists. Uh, and then obviously the fourth goal, Dane uh, from Ashley Lawrence, you know a proper Chelsea goal we like to call it. Erin Cuthbert winning the ball high up the pitch. Um, she plays in Fleming who picks out Lawrence, uh, who fired it into the goal. Uh, a good finish. But I want to talk about Jessie Fleming. Uh, obviously, you know, a big fan of hers. You are as well. I mean, in the game, she missed that really good opportunity to score from mm-hmm. like, three yards out. She put straight toward the goalkeeper. Um, but she played an impact in a lot of the goals, if not assisting you know, the pre-assist or the pass before that. Um she had an impact today, but do you think she needs to start providing more? Yes, I think she needs to start games uh, a lot more. Before she started really slow, uh, some of her passing was heavy. There was a couple of opportunities she could have put Mia, Mia Fisher in early on and she didn't and she missed that chance. But she definitely grew in the game. She, she got better, you know, the cross to find an unmarked. Ashley Lawrence was a really good cross. I thought uh, I was screaming for uh, Cuthbert, who, who I thought, like Fran, who, uh, you know, a bit lacking in fitness, match sharpness, you know, didn't have a great pre-season, you know, of, of building up their fitness. It's so easy to say they're back, but you have to wait for the uh, about four or five games to actually know that they're back and, and she was outstanding today. If you compare this performance to the one against Man City where she looked like she'd just been plucked off the treatment table and stuck in the first team and asked to do a job, you know, it just goes to show what, what match fitness does because her and her and Kirby, I thought, was out, absolutely outstanding. Uh, but I screamed for her to pass to Aggie Beaver-Jones, who I thought was in a better of a position. I thought it was a little bit heavy to uh, Fleming, who actually recovered it well and 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 did a good cross for, for Ashley Lawrence to smartly knee-fight in whatever which way she knew what she was doing. But, yeah, as I said, I thought... Uh, I thought Jessie grew into the game. You know, the best thing about her is, is uh, you know, she's like a rash, isn't she? You know, she's all over the the midfield and uh, and the defenders with with pressure and and high pressing, and that is her game. Uh, and if the goals and assists are coming from other players, then we we don't really need to demand it from her. But you know, we we know what she brings to to the table. We've been seeing it for quite a few years now. Emma clearly knows. And I thought it, or I thought when I saw her in the team, I thought it would be a game that suited her, even though, as I said, I thought it took her a while to get going. Yeah, I think, I don't know how long LJ, uh, Lauren James, you know, might be out for with this concussion. I'm guessing she will be back for Everton, but it seems that's the role that Emma's going to put her in, that sort of central 10, the two 10s we're playing behind the striker at the minute. Um, because 
uh, Chankovic has been playing in the pivot more often than not um, this season, which is interesting. But you know, as you know, with Chelsea, there's you know, two great players in each position. So if she doesn't step up, she's going to be on the bench, uh, which is a shame for me. Uh, and Jane, I think they mentioned Aggie Beaver Jones being in a good position there, and she she got in a good position to make it five nil. It's you know always great to see these academy players coming through, and she looks like she's got the confidence from that first goal before the international break and carried that on, getting good minutes. Um, especially when you got Sam Kerr on the bench for Emma Hayes to turn to her instead, that must have boosted her confidence as well. Yeah, I think it's good for these academy players to sort of get the minutes they deserve. She's sort of one of the few that have stuck with the first team. I can't remember what game it was. I don't know if it was at the Roma game. Um, someone asked her like down at the front and said, oh, are you staying or are you going out on loan? And she said that she couldn't comment. So sort of a few of us presumed she was going out on loan. So it is good to see that she has stuck with us and she is getting, getting the minutes she deserves. And she's shown she deserves her place in that team by scoring these goals. Yeah, I think there's there's one loan place left, uh, I'm told, uh, which I don't know if they are saving for an academy player. Uh, in January or not, uh, we'll see. Um, but Sophie, that goal, I mean, you mentioned the pace of Camrid, you know, causing Aston Villa problems, but when she picked up the ball, it felt like there was not much danger. And then it felt as if the Aston Villa defenders were running through treacle because she just ended up on her own in the box to score. It sort of, did it sum up how bad Villa were defensively for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a cracking pass from Nuskin through to her and she took it really well. And then she just accelerated past, I think it was Mailing. And Mailing, I don't know if she, I don't know if she'd given up at that point, uh, but it didn't look like she was putting Max effort in to, to get back. Um, and I thought it was a really well taken goal because she went sort of to the far, far post. And it's very easy to, to muck those ones up. So I thought she took the goal really well. And as, as everyone said, her confidence is going to be sky high. Emma clearly trusts her. Um, and how great is it that we can give Sam Kerr 90 minutes rest because we've got two players that Emma now trusts to come in and, and play that position and we don't have to resort to playing Neve Charles as an emergency centre-forward like we did last year. Um, but yeah, I think it's great that she's staying um, and she carries on doing what she's doing. I don't think there's any risk that she'll go out on loan after Christmas either. I think she'll be an important part of the team for the whole of the squad for the whole, te- for the whole season. You know, especially with the run of fixtures coming up, you know, Champions League is about to start. January, you have, <coughs> sorry, WSL, FA Cup and Champions League in January as well. So, yeah, I'll be surprised if she does go. Um, and it'd be good for her to score against Everton, I think, where she spent last season alone. Uh, and you mentioned Neve Charles and, and Dane. She's had a fantastic start to the season. Uh, and she got the last goal. You know, the cherry on top of the cake. Quickest to react to a deflection from Cameron's cross. And she continues to shine and... I wrote this in King's Meadow Chronicle, you know, she's having a Jess Carter moment where she's gone up those levels really quickly and it's just amazing to see. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's taken a while, you know, we've all berated and, and given our opinion on, on on where we believe she should play and the position she has been playing and persistence from Emma to, to, to want to play her in a, in a full-back or, or a wing-back role. Uh, to the annoyance of some fans, uh, but it's clearly playing off now. She's she's at the top of her game, and what I noticed most about her, which is really exciting, is her confidence is so high. You know, from from the very first 
seconds when she got the ball, you know, she cut inside, she dragged it back. She, 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 she's so confident in her ability at the moment. Uh, her, uh, just the whole game management is, 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 is so good to watch. And I said, I've said it on this show a couple of weeks ago, or I, or I might have tweeted, X'd it, sorry, whatever the correct word in is now, but she is, she's got so many, uh, there's so many pluses to her game coming from the fact that she, she, she's played like an attacking midfield role in the past, you know. She can, you know, assist, she can score. Now she's learnt the wing back role. It's it's a, another major option for us from another important part of the field that just makes this team stronger. Uh, and it's just so exciting to watch her journey because she she's finally, thanks to Emma's persistence, as I said, finally found her way into this team permanently now. And it's uh, as a left back, left wing back. But wow, you know, again, the ceiling is she can make the ceiling even higher because her start to the season has, has been absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, we've spoken before, haven't we? You know, what is she going to be? And turns out she's going to be good at football, uh, which is should be no surprise to anybody. Uh, and Jane, obviously, we've just gone through six goals against Aston Villa, and I know they haven't won this season, but yeah, they took Arsenal, took like injury time to score twice to beat them at the Emirates. Um, they were close against Man United as well, you know, so they're not, they're not a terrible team, even though they have lost five games. Um, but to go there without Wright and Kerr, James, just adds to the feeling that there's something different about the team this year. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what's happened to Villa. I feel like last year they had sort of a good season. Then they've started this year sort of different. And like you said, it took them a while, or it took Arsenal and United a while to sort of win. I think they both won both their games. Um, so, and it's just odd. And you just think if we did have Gur, if we did have Sam, if we did have Lauren, what would the action like? Could we have won 10 0? Or would it have still been a sort of a 6 0 game? Well, it just shows the, the depth that we've got now. And, you know, you're not panicking because, you know, Kerr's been in Australia for two weeks, uh, coming flying back on the Friday, and the game's at 12 feet on a Saturday. Um, but there we go. Uh, we did do a player of the match poll. Uh, Jesse Fleming got seven percent of the vote. Neve Charles got twenty-two percent. Frank Kirby twenty-nine. But the winner with forty-two percent of the vote was Johanna Ritten Camrid. Um, Sophie, something you would agree with? Neve Charles. <laughs> but I mean, she was she was superb. She had the whole of the left side to deal with, both attacking and and defending, um, until Ashley Lawrence came on. Um, to play in front of her, um, and I just thought she she was absolutely superb again. Um, not taking anything away from JRK or or Fran, who were also good. Um, I just think she she yeah she controlled that left hand side of the pitch so well. So that's that's mutual decision between me and my me and my my mates. We we went for Eve Charles. Yeah, Dane, what about yourself? The hard one to pull. I do it was because of you know going back to Fran and Erin performing so high, you know. Uh, what we've expected when we do see them in their stride when the season is going and 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 they're over their fitness troubles. Uh, again, you know, Neve Charles, we, we was just talking about the levels she is reaching. I, I, I thought I liked, as Sophie said earlier, Nuskin's sort of other side to her game. I do believe she she has all the capabilities to be a, a, a really dangerous goal-scoring midfielder, which we've seen 
this season uh, with the two goals or hat-tricks, whatever, whatever was decided in the end. But, you know, the other the other, the other side of her game today was, sorry, on, on, on Saturday was to, you know, just to be a little bit more disciplined, you know, to sit deeper. You know, time those runs a little bit better with Erin, you know, take it in terms. So I was really impressed with her game. It's uh, And again, like, you know, the other ones, it's hard to mention everyone, but, you know, even like Jess Carter, you know, in and out of the side last season, finished the season strongly, even had an outstanding World Cup. And whether she's keeping Buchanan out based on form or Buchanan struggling for fitness, I do not know. But you can only go on the fact of how outstanding Jess has been. And she had another really good game. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's, it's hard to pick a man in the match when, when so many players at the, heart, uh, at the top of the game and Perise coming in as well. You know, great game. It's... Uh, who did it go to in the end? Cameron. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think that's right. Actually, if 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 you look back, at Chankovic usually gets a nod over her, but I think Joanna had had an outstanding game. As Sophie said, the pace she took for that goal of hers that bubbled around a little bit, and once she controlled it, she like left three for the defenders in her in her wake, and uh, the finish was really nice. Could well, possibly could have squared it for Kirby, but in that position, you're never gonna. You're never going to criticise someone for. I certainly went a pass, and it was a it was a striker's finish. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, now Jane, I won't ask yours because I know you didn't see all the game, but you know, Cameron is a popular player around King's Meadow and, and Stamford Bridge, and when she steps up to the plate, I think you know she will get you know a lot of votes in in the player of the match poll, won't she? Yeah, I feel like. I would just say a random player for my player of the match because I didn't watch, couldn't watch it and I just haven't had a chance to watch it. But most games um, that she plays, she does play brilliantly. So I'll say her for my player of the match. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, now, you may have noticed that we sort of rushed through a 6-0 match review, which we normally wouldn't do. But um, there was some bigger news on the day. Uh, and we're going to talk about that after the break when we... Uh, when we come back, we're going to actively try not to cry. Um, but before we do that, a reminder that the newest issue of Kings Meadow, Kings Meadow Chronicle, issue seven, your Chelsea FC room fanzine, is available to purchase now. Kings Meadow Chronicle is written by the fans for the fans and gives you an unedited fan view of the goings on around Chelsea FC women. Writers include Sophie Spittle, who's with us tonight, uh, Simon Kingman, Harry Edwards, Rebecca Grasby, and many other excellent writers. The best way to get your copy. Is via a subscription. These are available for just £12 plus postage at www.kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. Alternatively, uh, issue 7 will be available to purchase in person for the first time at the Liverpool game, uh, which is not this weekend, but it's the weekend after. So you can still order it online now and get it sent out to you, but it won't be in person until that Liverpool game at Stamford Bridge. Uh, so make sure you pick up a copy and we will be right When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. 
It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to Ventimo Kings Meadow, episode number 110. Uh, right, they're not the news that I was expecting to be discussing in November, at least. Uh, but Emma Hayes leaving Chelsea at the end of the season to pursue opportunities outside of the WSL and club football, uh, which we now believe will be the US women's national team. Uh, and Dane, probably the only job in women's football that Emma would leave or announce leaving in the middle of the season for. Yeah, did it? Yeah. Is it that or was it? Wasn't there a sneaky someone who was going to break it uh, and the club and her got wind of it? Uh, yeah, it's a big job. Uh, it's a massive job. You know, they they didn't have a, a great World Cup. A lot of the individual play got them as far as they as, as, as they got. But overall, you know, there was some strange tactics, some strange substitutions by the uh, current manager and it, 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 he wasn't liked and you know the, people, the US WNT fans have just been like counting down days for him to be dismissed I don't think he actually has yet but Emma's probably the biggest name in, in, in women's football the biggest coach you know this is a big statement uh, they need to get the fans back on board you know they're used to winning they're used to doing a lot better in World Cups and yeah could be the biggest job especially internationally in, in, in women's football. And it's one that I'm excited to watch. Uh, but don't get me wrong. It's, as I said, it's going to take me a while to absorb it. it it'll probably be quite gut-wrenching as the season progresses and it gets to the end. And then, you know, when you start to see uh, a new manager announced and then when we're not around the club anymore. And that's, I think, when it does sink in and you're seeing someone else on the sidelines and you're seeing someone else giving interviews and you're like... So with me, it takes a while rather than an instant reaction. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, Jane, it's one of those, you know, you remember where you were when you found out Emma Hayes was leaving Chelsea. Um, what was your immediate thoughts on, on hearing or reading the news? It's something I'd never forget. I was in the middle of cutting someone's hair. Comes up on my watch, Emma Hayes is leaving. And I generally left the client. I was like, I just need to just excuse me for one minute. And I had to generally check like what had happened. I was like, I can't can't quite get my head around this. And then the whole rest of this haircut, I just couldn't all I had in my head was what's going on. We've just won six nil and now you're telling me Emma's leaving. It was crazy. How was the lady's hair? <laughs> Oh, it was it was a kid, and it was fine. <laughs> He's coming back tomorrow to get the rest of it done. Wave <laughs> it when it's a kid. Just say I kept moving. Uh, Sophie, you folks, <laughs> would you still been travelling back at this stage? Yeah, I can't remember saying that. You know exactly where you are. I can't remember if I was on the station platform or actually on the train. I think I was on the train, 
and I got a WhatsApp message in one of our WhatsApp groups from one of the other um, fans we'd been at the game with, which made me think that, oh, this must be true because she's not going to send it to me if it's not true. Because my immediate reaction was, well, it's just one of these joke things, but it's not April. So I went on the on the, the Twitter and read the announcement. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, okay, that's just taken the shine off the uh, the, the, the performance and the victory we've, we've just seen. Um, and my immediate thought was, she's going to America. Um, there wasn't any other thought really, uh, especially when I read she was sort of like leaving to go outside club football. Um, I think she's always felt she's got unfinished business in America. And I think this is the ultimate way to prove that she can make it in America and she can be a success out there. So yeah, absolutely gutted, but good luck to her. Although not against England. No. I don't know though, because I don't really like England. Um, I might still support Emma Hayes, uh, although it is America. That's a bit sickly, isn't it, Dane? Um, you know, your immediate thoughts are sort of Dane on this. You know, how is the squad going to react to the manager leaving? And you know, I'm pretty confident that they're going to give absolutely everything till the end of the season for her. You know, try and get her that fifth WSL in a row try and get her that Champions League, you know, win every competition and make sure she goes out, <laughs> sorry, on a high. Uh, but we have seen this in football before. Um, 2001, Fergie said he was going to leave United at the end of the season and all the players switched off. Mm-hmm. First time they finished outside the top three uh, in the Premier League uh, and he changed his mind in the summer. Um, you know, he ruled on by fear, I think, more than, I don't think Emma rules that way. Um she is, you know, a maternal figure to most of these players. How do you think? It's, what way do you think the dice is going to fall on this? Well, going back to your first comment on the US WNT national team, and you know, I'll leave a space available on Nasetti for you, and we can watch the first game together. Uh, being big Emma Hayes fans, and it might be about three, four in the morning, but I'm sure you'll stay up to that to watch, uh, watch and support the US. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they'll, they'll go off the boil. They're professional. These are serial winners. You know, it's not as if... As I'm, I'm trying to justify why I'm not... I'm not struggling with this decision yet because I'm so... As I tried to say earlier, I'm so used to the men's uh, decisions where it's been in the past, you know, going back as far as the one that really got me when it was Hullet and then Viali. uh and going through the years with, with Angelotti and Mourinho and... You know, when you feel a massive connection with them, they bam, bam like that, they're gone. And that's when it almost feels like a death in the family, whether I said, like I said, this one will, will take time because she's still staying here for the rest of the season. But, you know, she always talks about, you know, the club first and the players and the family and the coaching staff. And I just don't believe that they will uh, they will let standards slip. I, I you know, it's nothing guaranteed especially in this league, you know, it's a strong league with Arsenal and, and, and Man City and, and United and Tottenham having having started a good season. And Liverpool, it's... Uh, did I miss anyone out? It's, uh, it's, it's tough. You know, you can't... You can't let your standards drop. I think she will just, you know, just the way she is as, as a person and a coach and a manager. I just think it will be a case of all pulling together to to because it's going to end. You know, the period's going to end. It's it's, it's not going to be the same again. And it, this is this is a chance just to go out with a bit of a bang. Yeah, I mean, Jane, what, what's your thoughts? I know it rumoured the last couple of seasons that Emma's 
you know, been thinking about you know leaving and you know stopping her time here. Sort of you expected, but it's still unexpected. Do you think the players are you know any risk of what happened to Man United happening to us? I think we expected it, but just not the way we were told it. Um, every season you sort of think, oh, will it be this season she goes? Will it be next season? And I think it just sort of, I think just the sort of timings was more unexpected. I don't think there's nothing to worry about as long as we get a decent manager coming in and no one stupid. Um, I think we've still got a good chance. Yeah, I mean, so if you feel free to, to comment on, on that as well, but, you know, this, I mean, the story about Chelsea and Champions League has been, been huge for a while. It's going to be even bigger now. Do you think there's going to be more pressure on us to, to win that this season? Actually, but going back to sort of standards and stuff, I don't think players like Millie Bright and Aaron Cuthbert and players that have been around the club for so long, mm-hmm. even Frank Kirby, Marami Elder, players like that will allow standards to slip. I think their professionalism and their will to win will will stop standard slipping and I think the difference between Emma Hayes and Fergie is Fergie was and Man United were on a downward trajectory I still think Chelsea were on an upward trajectory and I think Emma's leaving at the top rather than halfway down having just been at the top and then coming back down again so I think that's that's a big difference in terms of winning the Champions League I think there's always pressure on Chelsea to win the Champions League Um, whether we can do it this season or not who knows I mean the men's team won it when everybody least expected us to so who knows? I think it'll depend if Leon and Barcelona can take one of each other out. I think that will help us out on the other side of the draw. And then we'll just have to see, assuming we get out the group stage, of course, because there's always the potential for banana skins there. But I don't know. It, it, I, I don't think the players will. I think the players will play for Emma to give her one last hurrah, so to speak. Um but sort of going back to when they, they or we haven't talked about it, but when they found out, there's quite an interesting point on the after the game. Um, Millie was talking to her her family, um, and Emma sent over a, a sort of staff to say to Millie, "Oh, you need to go and have a conversation with Emma." Um, Millie walks over to Emma. Emma put her arms round Millie, and they walked off sort of like arms round each other, sort of like a, a mother and daughter or a really close friend, sort of like more than just a conversation about the the game. Um, and looking back in hindsight, I wonder if that's when Emma told Millie what was going on before they told the rest of the players, um, because it, it looked like quite an emotional conversation they were having and they were sort of like walking across the pitch together like that for some time. Um, so looking back with hindsight, I think that's probably when Millie found out. To her credit, she went straight back over to her family into the crowd and signed autographs and took selfies for a while after that. Um, so... Yeah, but as I say, I think with players like Millie around, I don't think there's any any risk of standard slipping. You another Dean, you mentioned Dean when you said a couple of times you said uh, that we've been talking about this potentially for a while and there's been rumours. You also got a fact to the the fact the fact to the fact that uh, being an international manager would give her a lot more downtime and a lot more time with her son Harry. I think I believe he's about five or six now, just off my head, you know like most international managers uh well sorry no most of the u.s managers you know she, she could live in la which is a beautiful beautiful place to go out and and do things you know being an international manager love obviously more time to do do things you know great outdoors in in certain parts of america so that must have been a factor uh 
you know, just that everyday life of being a coach in the uh, in club football, uh, it can be quite demanding. And she's clearly a very family orientated. You know, she's talked before about her parents. You know, the son's always there or thereabouts or, or involved and the love there as well. And, you know, a great age for her to watch him grow and to have more time with him as well. Yeah, of course. And obviously 10 years, uh, well, 11 years now, isn't it, at Chelsea Plus mm-hmm. um, is a very long time. And what she's done, you know, gone from semi-pro to professional, the players go you know, full-time, they didn't have a building when she started. They hardly had kits. Uh, she's dragged Chelsea up, you know, not on her own, but large parts of it, she's been at the helm. So, so Jane, I know we just spoke about the Champions League, but winning or not winning it does not change her legacy one bit, does it? No, it really doesn't. I think the girls are going to push for it and try their hardest. I really hope they do. One last push, and she finally wins it with, um, with Chelsea. But if they don't win it, they don't win it. They're still going to go out on a high, regardless. Yeah, I mean, and then Sophie, sort of looking to the future, you know, our life after Emma, you know, it it really is you know a top down change. Do you think the club are going to look for a similar setup to what they got with the men's? You know, with all these different people doing different jobs all have an impact on who we sign, who we don't sign, who's the manager, who's not the manager, or they will try and keep the status quo as close to how it is now as as possible. I suppose it depends who they end up recruiting for the position and what they want, if they want control or if they're just happy to coach and Lave the rest of it up to up to the people above. Um, I would hopefully Paul Green doesn't go anywhere um, because I think he's involved in a lot of this um, signings and running the club. Unfortunately, I think Denise Reddy will probably end up going with Emma to to the if it is the US job, the US job, which is a shame because I'd like to have seen her sort of coach it or be the manager at Chelsea. Um, whether she takes people like Stuart Searle and some of the technical st- staff with her or whether they stay at the club. I guess I suppose it depends who comes in. Um, it, it, I think there's going to be a lot of questions asked and hopefully answered, um, but how quickly that happens and, and and what format the club is in afterwards, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I mean, then probably the the thing in our favour in terms of backroom staff is, you know, it is a huge ask to uplift your family and move to another country. I know, obviously, United States, you know is an English speaking country, so it makes it a lot easier. Um, but it's still a big ask for people to take their families from where they live, where they're comfortable mm-hmm. move abroad. So and we are successful. So it's not like you're leaving a sinking ship, you know, for Chelsea, I mean we want to keep it as close to it as now as, as possible in my opinion. But you know, what's your thoughts on what's gonna happen next? Yeah, no, you're right. It's hard to 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 try and convince someone to go obviously Denise being American, she will know us by Obviously, Emma has has experience. I'm sure. She, I think she was in off the top of my head, Chicago for five to six years, uh, New York for five to six years, I think, and in Chicago for a couple. So she knows exactly what it's like uh, living in America. Uh, and it is hard when you when you keep uh, other backroom staff or you try and then 
push forward someone who who, who was a predominant part of the uh, manager staff because you've seen it other times in football. Sometimes it doesn't work. Maybe it's sometimes just to mix in new or, or or just completely wipe the slate clean and get a whole new coaching staff in. Yeah, it's decisions that have to be made from from people who have far more knowledge of what goes on behind the scenes than I do. Uh, yeah, you've probably got some valuable members of staff who, who are rightly at the moment thinking, well, you know, we, we support your decision, Emma, but what about us and what's the future hold for us? Uh, and then we'll be having a debate of of, of all the rumours uh, of who the next manager would be. You know, me and you had a little joke on, on X... Uh, I think you was, you put a picture of Skinner of United, and then I followed it up with uh, Phil Neville uh, as as our favourites for the job. Not that we weren't them anywhere near the job, but luckily Phil Neville has since been employed by the Portland Timberlers in MLS, which their fans are really upset about. So that's their problem. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be a as I said, you know, sometimes the men's managers at least you know that that decision is made there and then and you've you've got doesn't take long a process but we they've got seven months eight months maybe to get this right so it will be a long process it will be lots of rumors uh probably lots wrong rumors bad rumors as we know with you don't get a lot out of the uh of the women's team regarding breaking news or or anything else uh so it's going to be a, a watch this space moment but Certainly, if I was young enough uh, and I was a coach, you know, I'd be I'd be very sucking up to Emma to try and get onto that that, that backroom staff and 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 jump on this ride with her. It'd be very, it's very exciting. It's very exciting for her, as I say. It'd be a whole new, a whole different challenge to because obviously she was, she was a young lady before. Uh, I presume young single lady. Now she's she she has a family with her son, so it's going to be a whole new experience for her, but one that she obviously has you know, quite a good idea about having already lived there. Yeah, and an exciting time for, for, you know, women's football in America is going from that transition, isn't it, from, you know, the repeat. And British, British, the British, a British manager, an English manager is going to be the manager of the, probably the biggest women's national team in, in world football is going to be, you know, she's going to be representing, you know, and people should be, especially Chelsea fans, I know it's hard to accept, but extremely proud of the fact, but, you know, she is the biggest. Not the first, though, is she? Because Jill Ellis is British, isn't she? So, oh yeah. So she's been over there so long. Uh, <laughs> she's, I think she's at Angel City FC now. Yeah, she's been over there so long. But I actually forgot she was British as soon as you mentioned her name. Yeah, uh, I think she's at Angel City FC now. No, she's at San Diego. She's at San Diego, isn't she's she? San Diego. She's I know there's a little Casey Stoney in San Diego. There's a we've got Casey Stoney already linked and rumored to be of us. Uh, yeah, Jill, Jill Ellis, uh, she was very successful for them. It's, uh, maybe obviously the periods have gone back. And I know there's, there's a few scandals have been mentioned with her name recently and, and bullying behind the scenes. Uh, but yeah, as I said, you know, as, as Chelsea fans and, and, and the way the women's game has moved on so much in this country is, is, is a proud moment just for not just Chelsea fans, but just uh, women's football in general over here to see her go over here. As I Google Jill Ellis and see what she did before she was US manager. Yeah, well, we will always obviously support Emma Hayes no matter where she is, unless she ends up at Arsenal or Tottenham. Uh, but Jane, it sounds like that Emma's going to be involved um, after she leaves in a capacity sort of of a transition behind the scenes still. Uh, so there might be some involvement, and that sort of gives me confidence that they're going to get this decision right. 
Yeah, I do think they're going to bring just any random, it's not going to be anyone random anyway, um, but sort of any random person to come in and fill her role. They know it's such a big role to fill. And I think Emma might sort of be involved in the behind the scenes of finding someone to sort of replace her. I think something yeah, so... that would be interesting to look at is she is a trustee of the Chelsea Foundation. So it'll be interesting to see if she stops being a trustee of the Chelsea Foundation or if she maintains that connection with the club through that as well. Yeah, good point. Um, so I suppose the, the last sort of question as we obviously will come back to this topic so many times over the course of the season. Uh, right here, right now, who would you take to replace... To replace Emma, and I'll start with you, Sophie. Um, as I said, Denise Reddy, or for me, Casey Stoney, but I don't think either of them will happen, unfortunately. I think Denise will go to America with Emma if that's where she ends up, and I think Casey Stoney is probably in San Diego for the long term. She's got the chance to do a project there like Emma did at Chelsea, and I think that's kind of what she wants. She's just moved her family out there, so I doubt she'll want to then uproot them to bring them all back again. Um, even for for Chelsea, so they would be my two choices, but I don't think we'll get either of them, unfortunately. Then, yeah, so I'm just still googling Jalellis. She's actually quite close to me here. She's Portsmouth girl, moved over there when she was 15, so never actually managed or coached in England. Uh, yeah, I like Casey Stoney, but Sophie's right. She's literally she, she was, you know, I watched a lot of the NWSL and and. Keep up to date, and then she she's had a good season. You know, they're a new franchise, San Diego Wave. Uh, at, you know, obviously we had uh, what's the name? We're over there. Our old goalie, Carly she, Telford. Carly Telford was over there. Yeah, last year before she retired, we got Alex Morgan. Got some like some decent players, and they just got they just got beat by uh, I think Orlando. Yeah, El Rain. Rapinoe's last Megan Rapinoe's. Last season, so so they got really far. I think they were billing it up as uh, Rapino versus someone else who's retiring, who's actually a Chelsea Riga. fan. Yeah, she's a big Chelsea fan. Uh, he plays for Gotham. So Casey Stoney did actually do really well, uh, but it's hard to it's hard, isn't it? There's no one really standing out to me. You know, I really like the Aston Villa manager before the season, before she's had a bit of a stinker of the season. I really liked the one in 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 who is managing Reading for a little while. Maybe I'm going more on personalities, but she's over in America at the moment as well, overseeing a big project. Yeah, I know you you laughed around recently, didn't you? you said about uh, Taylor because he fell out with Jonas at the weekend. So you said it'd be perfect for Chelsea. I think on was that was that you on next? You said that. No, that was Simon. Oh, was it Simon? Yeah. So so that that was quite funny. Uh, it would it would really ramp it up. It's yeah. I, I there's no one who I can actually. It's it's actually if you really dissect it, yeah. I can't see anyone else. It's hard to imagine someone now. Maybe a a, a footballer who 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 might be retiring. You know, at the top of their game. Just mentioned two who. Uh, it's it's a hard one. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, Jane, Mark, Mark Beard back. <laughs> um, I think, like Sophie said, either Casey or I'd love to see Denise. Um, but I do have a feeling if Emma goes, Denise will go with her. But I was thinking maybe Tanya might come back, leave a 
think she's in Northern Ireland. Mm. And the opportunities come up, she might think, oh, actually, I'll go back to sort of back to Chelsea. I think she would be a good shout as well. Yeah, I mean, but, but I know I said it, it's about keeping it as close to Emma as she can, and which is you know, obviously outside of Denise doing the job, pretty and pretty impossible. Um, I'm just looking at the odds. I don't follow the NWSL, so uh, Laura Harvey's been mentioned, who is the uh, OL Reign manager in the NWSL. Uh, as well, but again, like Jill, this has been over in the states a long time. Yeah, obviously used to be used to be Arsenal. Uh, there, uh, then Louis Cortez from he was the Barcelona manager. Uh, when they beat us four one in the Champions League final, uh, I think that is a bit of a step too far away from, uh, from Emma. Uh, let's just see if there's anyone else. I'm trying to find the odds. Uh, which I probably should have done before we started recording, but. No, there you go. Anyway, my outside tip is Thiago Silva as assistant coach, uh, one of two for the new manager. So I know he's studying his badges and then he rocks up randomly at Kings Meadow twice this season. So there you go. Uh, Buffer asked if Katie Chapman's got her badges. I, don't know. I think she has. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a big job to give to somebody for a first gig. But I think it's got to be someone that Emma knows, which probably points me, if it's not going to be Casey Stoney, to Carla Ward. Uh, Although at the moment, nobody's jumping out at me uh, as coach, but we'll see. Let us know um, who you think is going to replace Emma Hayes. Uh, Or if Chelsea and Top Oli are going to let you buy a game for £1,000. You can be the manager for a week for a thousand pounds and sit on the bench at Kings Meadow. Uh, one of their new schemes uh, could happen, or they could go even more left field, Sophie, and like try and get a Mourinho to manage the women's team. And I know he's not been fond of women's football in the past, especially at Tottenham. But it's just part of me that thinks that they're going to do something absolutely bloody stupid like that. Well, they seem to be obsessed with Brighton on the men's side, so I wonder if we need to look at. Someone like whoever the Brighton person is. Is it Amy Merricks? Is that right? I can't remember. Or is it yeah. Melissa or somebody? I can't remember. Yeah. Look at someone like that. Um, see what they're doing down there. Because as I say, on the men's side, they seem to be slightly obsessed with them. So who knows if that's going to translate across the female, the women's side. Yeah, unless they try and get Hope Powell. No, oh, dear Lord. You're not. <laughs> or Graham Potter. If they're still paying him. They are. could, you know, you might you might could be right, you know. I know West Ham West Ham went sort of left field last year with Paul Koncheski, didn't they? It could be like a next someone who I, I know Thiago Silva, there was rumours of him going back to Brazil, but I think his family is very settled here, especially the boys at school and, and, and playing football. So you know, it wouldn't be such a bad shout him managing for one or two years. I know he's 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 doing his badges if he's very confident, uh, you know. I don't want somebody to use it as a stepping stone to get into the men's game. It's got to be someone. And I think this this is what Emma will want as well. Somebody that's serious about the women's game and who just wants to concentrate on the women's game and growing the women's, continue to grow the women's game, not use it as a stepping stone. Mm. Yeah, I think the fact she's going to be involved 
in this decision. And obviously, there's eight months between now and her leaving. It's going to be someone that she signs off. Um, Dangerous, though, as we saw with Alex Ferguson and David Moyes. It's who you think is good enough to replace you is a lot different to actually whether if they are good enough or not. It's uh, and as you say, you you try and think who she's really friendly with in football. Who she's always, you know, you can always tell because there's, there's there's certain ones she compliments and there's certain ones she doesn't really have a lot to say, to say about. Uh, so yeah, but they're not none of the ones that you like. You said Carla Ward and I said the, the previous Reading manager. None of they're not, you know, they're not at the top of their game and they're not, you know, pushing on the door for other big clubs, are they? So it's it's a hard one to, uh, it's a really hard one to try to guess and and second guess to an extent. And you're right. You, you, you'd, but you'd again without contradicting myself with some of the decisions I've seen since the, the takeover of this club. You'd actually want her to be fully on board with helping us with the with the new decision instead of leaving it to uh, the, the current mob. Yeah, whilst I like Carla Ward, I think it's a step too far for her at this point in time. I think there's a risk that she wouldn't she hasn't got the experience to manage the huge names that we've got at the club. Yes, she can manage a Rachel Daly and a, a Kenza Daly, but that's a bit different to a Sam Kerr, a Millie Bright. Uh, uh, Has a, anyone, a, Sophie? Has anyone got these are massive shoes? If you think about even getting, just for example, I know none of us want them, but you, I suppose you talk about Taylor, who's done decent things mm-hmm. at Man City, and Jonas, who's done decent things at Arsenal. They're still yeah, I still don't think it's, it's the job is just maybe, maybe too big for anyone. It's uh, she's just done so well. It's just even obviously we were talking about uh, Casey. You know, uh, you know she hasn't done again. New in the game hasn't done much. It's just such a freaking massive job to. I think it's to almost give. unprecedented in football. Full stop. The fact that yeah. she's going out on top. She had so much influence in 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 the whole club and and the way it's all run. It, it's it's unprecedented. The only thing I can think of is Guardiola leaving Barcelona. Mm. It's yeah, it's going to be an interesting few months, that's for sure. Yeah, well, we'll keep discussing the names that get mentioned anyway. Uh, I mean, Buffer just to bring Buffer back in on Mixler, he's mentioned uh, Pedros, the ex Leon. I don't know if that's meant to say Morocco. Uh, successful and great coach he's free at the moment just on that Sophie do you think it has to be a woman I would prefer it to be a female yes but I suppose if the best person for the job is male then the best person is male but I would personally prefer it to be a female Jane what about you I've I've always I've not always said but recently I said like I, I think the best sort of person to go in would be a woman but if an amazing man that comes along for the manager then so be it but I think Chelsea as a team is more it is a women's manager yeah I mean Dana I know she's got you know Stuart uh, Sell in the backroom staff uh, Harry McCulloch you know lots of you know men are involved in this team but there is that element to it where she is that maternal figure Mm. as in the dressing room and to totally replace that I think it seems a wrong move, and I, I see it being a you know, woman manager, which obviously she's the most successful one. So it's, it's going to be a step down in that sense. But we just got to give hope that that they make the right call, I suppose. Yeah, I just want 
wonder again if they if they get sucked in by a Champions League winner. You know, there's a few of them. I think. Am I wrong? Are they all men? No. Uh, what's her name? From Yeah, that's the one. Most of them are men, aren't they? Who's on the Champions League in the women's football? As long as we don't end up at that, that French dude that ended up at Everton. Yeah, it's again, it's it's sort of going around in circles, aren't we? It's 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 it, the boots are massive, uh, and oh, yeah. It's hard because you, you sort of flabbergast yourself by just by talking about it. You think, oh, yeah, they'll be good. They'll be good. And then you're questioning what that individual has done in football, especially the coach side of the women's game uh, compared to Emma. And, and as I said, you even if you, if you go to to ones of the bigger clubs like Jonas and 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 Taylor at Man City, still they're not nothing compared to his merits. <laughs> it's uh, thank God I don't have to freaking make the decision. But you're right. She's such, she's such a sort of motherly figure around the ground. I do like, I agree with Sophie as well when she said that it, it, this job is too big for someone who's seeing it as a stepping stone to get into men's football. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it, it's something that is, is, is fully stumping me. It's, it's leaving me like very sort of bemused and lost for words because, you know, luckily we're going to see seven months of this so we can get maybe a little bit more knowledge on certain people who 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 are going to be linked with it. Yeah, and luckily it's not our job. We do not get paid uh, at all uh, to make those decisions. So we will just discuss it as we hear it, as always, as we go on. Uh, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, Jane, good to see you again. Uh, first one of the season. Yeah, it was good to be back and it was good to see everyone. Yeah, Dane, always a pleasure to see you. Are we going to see you at a game soon? Hmm. I'm quite busy, actually. So, yeah, no, I, I, should, I, I need to. I need to. But every time I look at a game and it looks quite favourable to come in, I've been, look, I'm doing something on the Saturday night. Uh, and I think even like, even from now to to the 23rd of December, I've got, I think, one free Saturday. It's just, it's... Uh, ridiculous not that i'm some social freaking you know master you know it's just (laughs) yeah i do have a lot going on uh yeah i I need to you know it'd be nice to huh living your second wind your kids are grown up yeah i am yeah yeah i am i am it's going to catch up with me sooner or later but but yeah no it would be nice to share it with you and i suppose it'd be nice to for you to have someone to actually talk to for once instead of standing there on your own yeah it would be nice Especially because it's trying to sell my jokes to Ethan just don't work as well. Although he does like some of them. We're working. No, yeah, you know, he does talk of you really highly. Uh, he actually yeah. talks to you like you're like your friends now. Uh, yeah, we're Facebook friends. It's good enough. Oh, okay. Close enough for me. Uh, and Sophie, always great to have you on the show. Great knowledge as always. And thankfully, someone that actually went to the match and saw it to talk about it. Having me again, as always, very enjoyable. And um, yeah, good to catch up with everyone. Yeah, I remember you can follow the show on Twitter at Mokings Meadow, uh, me at Dean Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, Dana Dwit9, and Sophie at Traveller74. We're also on Instagram at Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, we're going to be back next week to discuss the Everton game, and we're going to be joined by Simon Kingman, uh, Wi Fi 
um, depending. Uh, so looking forward <laughs> to that. Uh, and a final reminder, if you do like what we do and you want to help support the show, you can sign up to a Patreon season ticket for £5 per month. This helps the show continue producing the content that you love to hear. Head to www.patreon.com forward slash. Sorry, went to Mo Kings Meadow for that. And thanks for listening. And until next time, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.